What's up? This is Billy Alvaro. Welcome to episode 85. Today I'm interviewing this dude who has way more energy than I do. I'm, I'm a high energy guy. Mr. Rodcliffe, when you listen to this interview, this guy is on fire. He lost 50 million, 50 million when the crash happened, and he has built back an absolute empire through multifamily housing. We don't really go in deep on the multifamily side. What we do go deep in on is mindset goal setting, and how to make shit happen. So if you're in a position right now where you really want to get to the next level, he gives you a lot of tools and a lot of resources. By all means, listen to this podcast. Get your pen out and a piece of paper because you're going to want to take some notes. Enjoy it, guys. Welcome to Unstoppable Real Estate Investing Wealth. My name is Billy Alvaro, a.k.a. The Unstoppable VA former billion-dollar mortgage banker, gone bankrupt, turned professional real estate investor, where each week you'll learn the tools, strategies, systems, and secrets myself and other highly successful real estate investing entrepreneurs use to start, grow, and scale their businesses, creating massive profits and how you can too. And we'll teach you how to put those profits to work so you no longer have to. Get ready to finally experience financial freedom and generational wealth. Now let's get started. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the episode of Unstoppable RI Wealth. You know who I am, Unstoppable BA, Mr. Billy Alvaro. And today, I'm loving that I'm going to interview this guy. I met him once before. He doesn't remember me, but I definitely remember him. Had an impact because his story was a little bit like mine, but he got crushed. Mr. Ron Cleef. Ron, how you doing today? Good, brother. Let's have some fun, man. Yeah, dude. You are Mr. Mindset, so I really want to get into your backstory first because I think that's going to have a lot of the market we're just about to come into. It's going to help a lot of people who are listening out there. Oh, sure, sure, sure. So, well, listen, I'm going to go way back. So I'm an immigrant. I was born in the Netherlands, Holland, you know, wooden shoes and windmills and immigrated when I was six years old with my brother, Albert, my mother's Vancha, and we ended up in Denver, Colorado, and we didn't have much. In fact, you know, I remember we shopped at an expired food store and um, I remember uh, drinking powdered milk with our cereal in the morning, which I promise you sounds better than it is. And wearing clothes from the Goodwill and the Salvation Army all the way through junior high school till, you know, I lied about my age when Burger King because I got so disgusted and flipped burgers so I could buy my own clothes. And now I'm sure you've got peeps, listeners that had it harder than I did or maybe even have it harder now. Uh, but I knew I wanted more. And luckily, my mom had an incredible work ethic. So she babysat kids so we'd have enough money to eat. And with her babysitting money, she was a bit of an entrepreneur. She actually invested successfully in the stock market. And she also invested in uh, in real estate. And her first real estate acquisition was a house right across the street from us when I was about 14. She paid about 30 grand. And then when I was, and she bought it with babysitting money again. And then when I was 17, she told me she'd made $20,000 in her sleep that, and that she hadn't done anything. It had gone up in value 20,000. I'm like, what? You made 20 grand. You didn't do anything. Screw college. I'm getting into real estate. So I went and got my real estate broker's license right when I turned 18. You know, now to be a broker, you have to have some experience, but I was a broker. I could have my own office. I just threw education back then. And, uh, well, my first year in real estate, I made about eight grand. Okay. My second year. 8,000. Yes. Eight and only three zeros. Okay. Yeah, I still lived I at it. home. Okay. My first and oh. second year, I still lived at home. Second year, I made 10,000. But my third year, I made over 100 grand. So, what happened between year two and year three that caused me to 10x my income? Well, what happened 
was I met a guy that taught me about mindset and psychology and how really 80 to 90% of your success in anything is just that, your mindset and your psychology. Only 10 to 20%, you know, the flipping like like you teach or the multifamily like I teach, it's it's it, you got to actually do something with what you learn, right? It's it's the do, it's the pushing through fear, it's the pushing yeah. through limiting beliefs, it's the getting uncomfortable to go make it happen. And so you know, that I met that guy and fast forward to today, you know, I've owned 2000 houses that I've rented long term in three states. I've owned thousands of I, I own thousands of apartment units now. Um, back in 2006, my net worth went up 17 million dollars while I slept. And if you want to do the math on that, it's like eighty three hundred dollars an hour over the year. And of course, I did. And I got a head so big I could barely fit it through a door. And I thought I was a freaking real estate God. You know, when that happens, God of the universe will give you a nice little smack. Well, that was 2008. I lost yeah. everything. I lost $50 million in 2008 conservatively. And so, like you said, I, I'm known for talking about the mindset it took to have 50 million to lose in the first place, but then even more important, or at least as important, the mindset it took to recover from losing $50 million. So happy to drill down on that with you if you'd like, brother. Yeah, for sure, Rod. So I want to go in just a little bit deeper on that. So yeah. you lost 50 million. What was the time frame that it took you to actually get yourself back to where you were starting to earn again? Was it a year? Two well, years? no, no, I, I, I recovered pretty quickly. Um, I actually, I actually formed a litigation support company um, to help people that were in foreclosure. And so I, I, it was something hadn't been done before. And what I did was I provided back office support to law firms in five States that did foreclosure defense work. Okay. To help people modify their loans. We helped thousands of families save their, save their homes. I hated the business cause it's not, it, nobody's happy when they're losing their home. And yeah. I sold it a few years ago, but at one, at one point it was a $10 million business with 60 employees. Um, so I, I'm an entrepreneur, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm a shiny penny guy. I have built you know, I don't call them failures. That was a $50 million seminar. Okay. I call them seminars because they're only a failure if you don't get your ass back up or you don't get yeah. the lesson. Right. You know, yeah. as an entrepreneur, we're like a shark. We only die if we stop swimming. Right. And so, you know, I have built 20, I, I counted like about a year ago and I was blown away by how many I built 27 businesses in my career so far. I'm 62. And, um, and so 27, several been worth tens of millions of dollars, most spectacular flaming freaking seminars. Okay. But right. you know, we fail our way to success. I, you know, I got to meet, uh, I, I belong to many masterminds. You and I talked about that before we went live here and you and I both, uh, were a member are, are, and were a member of a particular mastermind, yeah. but you know, I was in a mastermind of digital marketers. Cause you know, um, that's, that's, you know, when you're in the thought leadership business, you're, a, you're also a digital marketer. And, uh, you know, some of the best marketers in the world were in this. And I got to meet the billionaire owner of Spanx, Sarah Blakely, you know, the started with $5,000. And I know she's, she was in Forbes last month and uh, she's a billionaire. And she told me that her dad used to ask her, what have you failed at this week? Her and her dad, her brother, he asked him once a week, you know, what have you failed at this week? And I thought, what an awesome freaking question to ask your kids. So they don't fear failure. Right. But uh, anyway, I digress. <laughs> <laughs> So now, all right, you've been, you failed, you're 50 million in, you've had multiple businesses. How long now have you been in the space you're in, which is multifamily? Well, I was in multifamily back when I failed. I had apartment complexes when I failed. See, here's, here's, here's the timeline. So I, when, when I lost everything in 2008, I had 800 houses that were rented. Okay. And I had a couple of, it was several apartment complexes and Here's the problem. So people ask, well, how did you fail? Because listen, I was only a 30% loan to value, Billy. I wasn't over leveraged. People, haters online are like, oh, you were over leveraged. No, sure. I was in a 30% freaking loan to value. And here's what happened. So I had 800 houses and it was houses that pulled me down. 
Okay. Not the multifamily. Okay. So I had houses two hours north of me, two hours south of me and everywhere in between. Very difficult logistically to handle. Okay. So for, you know, and, and Florida has no state income tax. So property taxes are higher, you know, um, um, insurance. I had properties in wind and flood zones. Insurance was high. Both of those things massively impact cash flow. But what killed me was if I sent a maintenance guy to one of my apartment complexes, everything's the same. So you can stockpile the plumbing parts, the HVAC parts, the window locks, the doors, the fixtures, the you know plumbing and all that. And so they're in and out in an hour. Well, if I had to send them to one of my houses that's an hour, hour and a half away, they have to go see what's wrong. Every house is different. Then yep. they have to go find a Home Depot or a Lowe's you know, uh, where we have an account. And I don't know about you, Billy, but when Rod's happy ass tries to fix something at his house, he goes to Home Depot more than once. OK, and, and you know, it's the same thing with 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 multi. I mean, with uh, maintenance guys. And so what took an hour, one of my apartment complexes took all day at one of these 800 houses. Now, here's a key piece. These were C class houses. OK, you know, there's A, B, C and D class. A, obviously, brand new, nice stuff. D is the freaking hood. Right. Well, these were C. So a step above D. And, you know, that's a tougher demographic. They're older. Okay. So a lot more maintenance. So the maintenance really killed me. But see, I thought Florida was recession proof. You know, I thought 80 million baby boomers getting old and getting cold, you know, Florida was going to just survive anything. Boy, was I wrong. And so when it all imploded, well, here's one other piece. I didn't pay attention to tenant demographics back then. If they had a good job and they, you know, they paid a deposit and decent credit, I let them rent. Well, I discovered when it all fell apart that I had a ton of them that were contractors, jobbers, plumbers, electricians, drywallers, painters, roofers, which fell off a freaking cliff in 08 and 09. They didn't have work. So now I pay attention to where everybody works and I look for, you know, recession resistance. But but back then I didn't. And so it was like the perfect storm. And here's what's crazy. I was at a 30 percent loan to value in 2006 and seven. By 2009, end of 2009, I was upside down. It dropped more than 70%. My portfolio did. That's how much it dropped. But here's why I started my podcast, what, six and a half years ago. Because my multifamily did just fine through that. And so my messaging was, hey, if you're going to buy and hold, unless, you know, if they're close to you, fine. You can do single family. But otherwise, for God's sakes, do multifamily. If you're, you know, in a situation like I was where I was spread out and, because my multifamily did just fine. I would have still had those apartment complexes if I hadn't cross collateralized them with yep. packages of houses to save, you know, to save a half a percent interest, 50 basis points or something. So, so, so you ended up, Rod, then losing everything, all the houses. Oh, I, I lost it all, brother. I, I mean, I, and right I thought down. I was set for life, man. I mean, you know, I had, I had 800 houses and several apartment complexes sure. at, a, at a very low loan to value. So, you know, I thought I was freaking set. But see, it, 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 here, here's the thing. It's all about freaking cash flow. Okay. And so they really didn't quite cash flow, even at that low loan to value, because they were spread out, because of some of the things I just explained. You know, it's harder to cash flow single family than it is apartments. It just is. Uh, and and you know, people say I'm crazy and I'll argue with you. And I know you do single family a lot. And 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 but but it, it it's that's been my experience. And you know, it, unless again. They're tightly in a, in a little group, like like almost like a multifamily, like they're within 10, 15, 20 minutes of each other. Sure. So that then you can then you can easily manage logistically. Right. But the then way I had it was, was insane. Yeah. 
So you uh, ended up, did you got file chapter seven, chapter 13? No, no, I should have actually. I didn't. I had hundreds of foreclosures and I, I would have been smart to bankrupt and I didn't because it just, I would have been, it had a clean slate. I'd have been done. Yep. It's been, you know, it's been so long ago, but I didn't. And so they hung out there for a long time. But, uh, but anyway, you know, that, listen, what was, I, time frame? what was the what, time frame from you like losing your shit? house is going upside down to going through this foreclosure process. So I started the podcast. Okay. And I used, and I had that litigation support company and it's really funny. You know, I just broke uh, 14 million downloads on my podcast. So it's the largest commercial real estate podcast in the world. And, and uh, you know, and, 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 but it's funny, you want to make God laugh. You tell him your plans. I used to tell people early on when I started it, I'm never going to sell you anything. I just want to add value because that was the truth. And I took free phone calls from my listeners say, Hey, talk, call me. I'll help you with anything. I've done a lot of business, a lot of real estate. I don't have nothing to sell. I'll just help you. And I took hundreds of those phone calls and I just freaking loved it. I didn't think I would actually. And I just loved it. And, and then it, you know, took off and I'm like, okay, stupid. When I hit a million downloads, you probably ought to do something with this. And so I wrote a best-selling book. I gave away 20,000 20, copies of the book I gave away. I still give the book away. You pay shipping and you can get the hard copy, but you can get the PDF for free. And, and you know, and it was a number one bestseller. And, but, and, What's and, the name and, of the well, book, and, uh, it's, it's called uh, How to Create Lifetime Cash Flow Through Multifamily Properties. But here's the thing. The subtitle is The New Rules of Real Estate Investing. And I'm going to tell you, if we start, if we talk about where we are in the economy right now, the new rules are focus on freaking cash flow. Don't call me and tell me you can buy this property for a million dollars that sold for three million 10 years ago. I don't care. How does it cash flow? Because that's how I lost my ass was I didn't pay attention to the cash flow. Okay. And so, yeah, I had the, I had the equity and I had the net, you know, the net worth and I had the low loan to value, but these things really weren't cash flowing well. And that's what killed me. And so, yeah. and, and that's, what's coming. Okay. But, but you know, we haven't talked I, about I want to get into that. I want to yeah. get into that a little bit. I want to go back to your mindset piece. So yeah. you go through shit hits the fan. Mm -hmm. You're going through this whole turmoil of losing everything. Mindset. Where is your mind at? Is your yeah, mindset no, Oh, I hid under a rock for a while, you know, a little eyeball poking out and, you know, right. and I, I just, but, but I picked myself up pretty damn quick. You know, I, I spent a lot of time with Tony Robbins, followed him around the planet for 20 years. And by the way, if you can ever see him, just do trust me while he's still speaking, he's extraordinary, but you know, so that helped a lot, but, and, and I was in a mastermind back then too. I was in his platinum partnership. And there were people thriving through that crash, okay? And they're like, okay, puss, 50 million. Get your butt up and get back to it. You know, that's who you want to be around when Absolutely. the stuff hits the fan, right? And so, you know, I was around people that were killing it. And so that was really helpful. And I hired a coach back then to help me with, with the business and help me focus on, you know, what I really needed to focus on. But I'm going to tell you, the big thing that I did was I really got aligned, realigned with what I wanted and why I wanted it, okay? I got reassociated with my goals, and, and I'm going to tell you, um, and that's going to be super important. Uh, you know, I, I think I was mentioning to you, I just Trump, a big Trump headline. He's saying there's going to be a depression, not a recession. Right. Okay. And, and, you know, love him or hate him. He's usually right. So I'm just going to tell you, um, uh, better pay attention. Now, should you be scared? No, you should get freaking excited. Cause if I hadn't been hiding under a rock and, 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 and pretty disgusted with real estate, I'd be on the back of my yacht right now, Billy, because there was incredible opportunity in 2009, 10, 11, and 12. In fact, you listen to my podcast, you know, I, I interview some of the best multifamily operators on the planet. And there's, there's like a, you know, the ones that have 5,000 plus doors, they almost all started in nine, 10, 11, and 12. 
That's what we call a clue. Okay. Yeah. And so that's coming again. And so again, get excited. You know, if you're going to learn how to flip, my God, you better learn quick. Okay. If you're going to learn multifamily, you better learn quick because once we're in the thick of it, it's going to be too late, but incredible right, so opportunities coming. So I want to get into that. So what I'm sure you were deploying some of these tactics that you learned back in 08, 9, 10, 11. Yep. So what should people, when the market takes a shift, what they should be doing now in order to education is the number one thing. Education is the number one thing in building connections. In my business, it's it's knowledge and connections. And so, you know, um, not to shamelessly plug, but I've got a two day boot camp coming up in uh, October. I don't know when this episode will air, but but it's in October. And, and your peeps, the price right now is a hundred bucks, and I don't sell anything. Okay, so it's not like a big sales pitch. It's there's nothing being sold. You couldn't, I couldn't take your money if I wanted to. But it's 18 hours of training for 97 dollars. Okay, now if you yeah. watch this later. And the price has gone up. If you DM me on any social channel, I'll give you coaching. So you can still come for 97 because it'll be four times that at some point, five times that. But but if it's multifamily, for God's sakes, get your butt to that boot camp. But if if it's not, pick your vehicle. OK. And, and when I say vehicle, flipping, wholesaling, you know, uh, a different asset class like shopping centers, office, although I'd be careful with those two because those are going to suffer uh, when the economy really hurts, you know. For example, COVID. I thought COVID was going to was going to be the catalyst for what's coming, okay? And it was a blip. Now, shopping centers and offices got their butts kicked because, yeah. you know, people work from home, you know, and then you've got that Amazon dynamic with shopping. Of course, COVID killed uh, any service industries. And so, you know, but but multifamily, we got hundreds of thousands of dollars in my apartment complexes in rental assistance for renters to pay their rent. That didn't happen in these other asset classes, you know, self-storage, office, retail, industrial, none of them got help like that. So, you know, that's, that's why I love what I do um, because it's, it's, and the other thing is, you know, I don't know if I mentioned this, I think I did within, no, I didn't within three years of the big crash in 08 rents exceeded pre-crash levels, multifamily rents. I mean, it's an incredibly resilient asset class and that's why I love it. But, uh, but back to mindset. So I got realigned with my what I wanted and why I wanted it. Now, I do this, you know, if you come to my boot camp, the first hour we spend is on goals. How the hell do you get anything if you don't know what it is? You got to know what you want with clarity. And when the stuff hits the fan, if you're focused on the pain, whatever you focus on gets larger, both positive or negative. So you need to be focusing on what you want, not what you don't want. And, you know, I just had to coach my daughter, actually. Um, she just came off a, a horrible cancer diagnosis and she's cancer free now, thank God, but literally spent eight months in the hospital and and she was depressed. And I had her on my on my porch um, this weekend and I said, baby, you know, you need to you need to get realigned on what you want and why you want it, because she was reliving all that pain. And 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 if you know, when the soup hits the fan here, guys, it's going to you know, of course, the news don't get me started on that. You're going to be you're going to hear about how horrible everything is, how real estate will, you know, won't will be bad for decades. That's what was going. That's the that's what the news was in 08 and 09. And it was just crap. And so don't get caught up in this fake news. And, you know, they're not there to inform us. They're there to startle and scare us. So be, be you know, stand guard at the door to your mind. You know, focus is everything because, you know, I get students to call me and say, hey, how do I get out of student loan debt? And I'm like, wrong question. How do you make so much freaking money? The debt's irrelevant. Right. So focus through all this is critically important. Goals is critically important. By the way, I do a goal setting workshop with music and a guide you can download every year on New Year's Day. And I, if you go to rodslinks.com, I'll guide you through it. It's free. I'm not going to try to sell you anything. It, it, and it's really powerful because, again, it's so critical 
you know, for you to be paying attention or focus. If you watch Billy, you're a leader. There's no question you're a freaking leader. And what in what's coming, the, and even right now, the world really needs leaders. Okay. Yeah. And as a leader, even just a leader of your family, you've got to pay attention to what you're focused on. You know, I do these clips in my podcast every week called Own Your Power. They're motivational clips. And and you give me five minutes or five minutes, give me five minutes a week, I will juice you. But even if it's not me, go on YouTube, watch the motivational videos, bring in the good stuff. Just be really cognizant. Well, I, I want you to give. I want you to give some some meat. I want you to give some substance because you're talking, and I'm loving what you're saying. But I want you to give some real serious like work on the brain. Like, what okay. do you do specifically? Okay, let's do it. Let's do it. Let me let me let me just go ahead and give you a quick synopsis of the goal setting. Okay, because it's super powerful. So pick an hour when you have a lot of energy. And I'm just going to walk you through the process because you can do this whether you, you watch me or not. Um, but but you've got to sit down and and you know pe- here's the thing, Billy. People spend more time planning a freaking birthday party than they do yeah. designing their lives. This is designing your life, so it starts with knowing what you want and why you want it. So I'll give you a quick highlight. So you've got to you've got to sit down, pick an hour when you have a lot of energy, and write down everything you could ever possibly want in life, all the stuff. The houses, the cars, the boats, the jet skis. I saw the bins, by the way. Cool. You know, all that stuff. Write that down. And and then, you know, write down how much money you want in the bank in three years, how much money you want in the bank in 10 years, right? How, how much cash flow you want from your real estate investments in three years and in 10 years, you know, and, and take the lid off your brain. Imagine if you write it down, you're going to get it, which is not outside the realm of reality because we have in our brain something called the reticular activating system. And that's that filter that keeps us from going crazy, frankly, but it also directs us subconsciously in the direction of what we think the brain thinks we're interested in. The greatest example is when you first buy a car. You never noticed them before. You buy the car, they're everywhere. Were they there before? Of course they were. That's your reticular activating system. And just writing the goals down starts that process. Once you can't think of another thing, write down everything you want to learn in this lifetime. You know, foreign language, a skill, whatever. It's multifamily. For God's sakes, come see me in October. But whatever it is, write that down. Write down also um, all the things you want to do. You know, you want to you want to uh, climb every mountain over 14,000 feet. In fact, uh, there's a uh, uh, a guy in uh, another mastermind I belong to that just finished doing that. Or, you know, I jumped out of a perfectly good airplane a few years ago. I'll never freaking do it again. But that's off. That's, so bucket list stuff too. write that stuff. down, right. OK. And then lastly, write down who you want to help. We do more for others than we'll ever do for ourselves. And this is the fuel to get you going. So so write down who you want to help. Like I bought my parents a house here when my parents were alive on a canal, bought them a car, you know, took them on cruises. Who do you want to do things for? Write that down. Once you can't think of another thing, put a time limit on each goal. That makes it real. Put, put how many years you think it's going to take you to achieve it. A one, a three, a five, even a 10 or a 20 recognizing that as human beings, we will overestimate what we can do in a year and massively underestimate what we can do in five, 10 or 20 years. I'll give you an example. When I was 18, I lived in Denver, but I knew I always wanted to live on the beach. And of course, there's no beach in Denver. So I would visualize the sand and the surf and the waves. And 20 years later, I built this $8 million, 10,000 square foot mansion on the beach. I had the beach on one side, had my boats on the backside. It was a Gulf to Bay, like a slice through an island. And that was unthinkable when I was 18. But I manifested it and I made it happen. So again, take the lid off your brain. Put a time limit on each goal. Once you've done that, pick your number one goal. I mean, that goal, when you get it, you're like, holy shit, you know you've arrived when you get that goal. Put it on a separate sheet of paper. Then pick your top three one-year goals. Put them on a separate sheet of paper. Now, at this point, so you've got four goals. Your number one goal, your top three one-year goals. At this point, you're ahead of 99.9% of the people on the planet. But there's just one more quick step. 
You need to write down under each one of those goals why it's an absolute freaking must for you to achieve it, okay? And use emotionally charged words. Words are very powerful. Words like incredible, beautiful, amazing, you know, so I can show my kids what incredible success looks like. So I can show my wife what it means to live a life of amazing abundance. So we can have unbelievable freedom to do whatever we want, whenever we want, wherever we want, bring whoever we want, whatever is going to juice you, write that down. Okay. And then, and then once you've got a positive reason why put a little pain in there and make it hurt, you know, if you don't achieve the goal. So I don't feel like a failure. So I don't fail my kids. So I don't fail my husband or wife. So I don't live a life of regret. There was this nurse in Australia, Billy named Bronnie Ware, and she was a hospice nurse. So she took care of patients when they were about to die. And she asked him a question. And the question was, do you have any regrets? She she wrote a book about it. It's called The Five Regrets of Dying. You know what the number one regret was? Not living the life I could have lived, living someone else's life, not doing what I know I'm capable of. I can't think of anything worse than that, okay? So if you're afraid of of failing, fear being in the same freaking place you are right now, a year from now, unless you absolutely freaking love where you are right now, okay? So uh, put the pain in there. And the last thing, get pictures, okay? Get pictures, put them around you, make declarations. I'll give you some public examples of this. Jim Carrey, the actor, the comedian, when he was flat broke, wrote himself a check for $10 million. And he used to go up by the Hollywood sign. He'd visualize cashing it. That's how much money he made for Dumb and Dumber. Um, Demi Lovato, the singer, when she was unknown 12 years ago, posted on social media, one day I'm going to sing the national anthem at the Super Bowl. Not this last one, the one before. See who sang it. Me, when I was 18, I figured I had to have a four-door car to... um, uh, uh, to show people houses. And I bought this bone freaking ugly Ford Granada, piece of crap, four doors, bench seat in the front. But that's what I figured I needed. And my, I dated a, a girl and worked with her dad and he had two Corvettes and he let me drive one. And I was like, holy shit. Cause he let me take her out. And I'm like, oh my God, this is incredible. So I got a picture out of a magazine. This is before the internet, put it on the visor of that four door Granada. So every time I sat in that piece of crap, I saw that Corvette within a year or two, I had a beautiful red Corvette. I'll give you a couple more examples, but I want to preframe all these personal examples, including the house. It's not me bragging. Okay. This stuff doesn't even interest me anymore. I just want to inspire you to what's possible. Okay. So this is, I had the Corvette. This is when the TV show Magnum PI was out there. Actor's name was Tom Selleck. And he yep. drove this Ferrari 308. And I thought that the first time I saw an exotic car, I thought I was like, oh, holy crap. That was the coolest thing I'd ever seen. Got a picture of that actual car put on the visor of my Corvette. Within a year or two, I had a Maserati look just like it. Last car example. I'm the guy that always wanted a Lamborghini. I had the pictures growing up. And what's interesting, posters and stuff. And my, my son collected models of exotic cars. And I bring the model to my boot camps to show people. He had a model of the exact same color that, and style that I ended up getting, which I wrecked. But anyway, we won't go into that. But, but so get the pictures, put them around you. In fact, I'll show you guys something if you're watching this. This is my planner. Yeah, I'm a dinosaur. Oh, you can't see it. Okay, maybe you can't. Oh, in the back of this thing, I've got pictures that have been in here for 20 years. Let me try to keep it. I don't know if you can see it or not. But, okay, so the first pictures, yeah, I think it's the lighting screwing it up. But anyway, um, the first pictures are my gratitude pictures. Yeah, you can't see them really. But in the then I've got stuff that I've wanted. Um, you know, this this top picture, yeah, you can't see it, damn it. Yeah, let me see if I can pull it just right. Well, anyway, top picture, top picture looks just like the house I had on the beach. Okay, this is before I built it. I, I lost that house in all the craziness, okay? And and now I live in a compound. I've got six buildings. I've got, you know, big exercise facility, a video studio. I built a guest house on the water, big main house. And it looks just like this bottom picture here. 
that uh, the wall is exactly the same as the wall behind me, which is my backyard. And they, because God's got a sense of humor, I can see my old house across the bay. Literally, it's right out my backyard. It's hilarious. But but then I've got, you know, stupid shit like watches. I still, that's still advice. I got a few hundred thousand dollars worth of watches. Um, there's the Lamborghini before I ever got it. You know, the Rolls, the Bentley, all this stupid crap that I thought was important at one time. But I got it because I had pictures. So get the pictures, put them around you, get vision boards, screensavers, put them on the wall. This stuff works, guys. And I know I lost some of you analytical ones with all this, but I'm just telling you, this is how I had 50 million to lose and how I got it back. So, yeah. And, and to your point, Rod, I mean, you're still doing this today. This yes, is I am. I got my vision board years right ago. there on the floor, right there. Oh, you can't hang on. They're right there on the floor behind me here. Uh, uh, you can't see it because this thing is different than Zoom with the green screen. But I got vision boards right behind me. I will sit every morning. There's a recliner behind me. And I'll sit there and I'll just do gratitude. I'll do gratitude for my amazing supermodel, beautiful wife. And she is and more beautiful on the inside than the outside. I'll do gratitude for, uh, you know, my, my, my kids, of course. I do gratitude for my coaching students, my foundation. But then I'll do gratitude for the things that I want as if I already have them. And I'm, I know you're going, oh, good Lord. Yeah, well, this is how you I get this shit, guys, okay? It's how it freaking works, okay? And I, I will sometimes get emotional being grateful for something I don't even have yet because I know it works, okay? Yeah. So gratitude, by the way, is a critical piece of this. It's super important. That's why the first pictures I showed you were my gratitude pictures, my kids when they were growing up, because everything starts from a place of gratitude. That's how you manifest this stuff in your life. So- a lot, anyway. of people, Rod, a lot of people think it's a bunch of bullshit, but you and I both know it's not. Well, not the yeah, successful really ones, not the successful ones. I'm just going right. to tell you right now, the ones yeah. that, 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 that bitch and, and hate and stuff, which I get tons of that online, but, uh, you know, not the successful ones because they know it works. Exactly. 100%. It's ingrained in my, in my yeah. DNA. Been doing this shit for years. I love the fact that you're doing it. I love the fact that you're still doing it. There's a lot of guys start out, but they don't continue. You're 62. Yeah. And you're still, it's how I got my wife. It's how I got my wife. I had pictures on a vision board of what I was looking for in a relationship. The minute I met her, I was dating like four or five women. And I was like an escaped convict after my marriage collapsed. And, but then the minute I met her, it was like, doom, done. It's her. I, I mean, I just knew it. Cause I'd already, I'd already visualized it and manifested it. And, yeah. and this stuff works guys. You know, I used to have a sign on my wall that said a hundred thousand a month. I had it on the uh, on the wall above my bed too. a wife hated it. Now, of course, it's got an extra zero. Okay. And, and so, you know, and uh, because this stuff works. So, so Look, goals, you, you, super important peer group. I told you about my mastermind. I was in yep. Tony Robbins, platinum partnership, super important. Get around people that aren't afraid of your goals and dreams. Tons of naysayers out there. Third um, focus, focus on what you want, not what you don't want. And then, then, then a couple other quick steps on mindset. One is you have to make a decision. You have to just decide enough is enough. I'm done. I'm done coasting. And the Latin root for the word decision means to cut off. If you're going to attack the island. You're going to burn your ships because you're taking their damn ships home. That's a freaking decision. It's not one foot in, one foot out. It's done. Decision. And then you got to take that first step. You know, Dr. Martin Luther King said, you take that first step in faith, the next step will be revealed. And that's the thing to remember. And, and, and especially in my business, which is more complex than single family houses, you know, and it's intimidating to people. But, but listen, what you got to remember is you can drive all the way across the United States at night only with your car only seeing 50 feet in front of you. And you know you'll make it. Other people have made it. You could have obstacles, but you know, you know, and it's like that with any goal and, this, yeah. and especially our business, you know, but you got to take that first step. Yeah, great analogy, bro. You really do bring the fucking heat. Like, like, bro, you're tired. Good thing I'm not 100. 
I think I met somebody with more energy than me. I'm an energized type of guy, man. You really brought it today. Listen, before I, I, we go, I would like to say one thing, though. Please, please, let me say one other thing. Super important about goals, Billy. And I know I've been rambling and rambling, um, but this is super important. You know, I built, I talked about building that house on the beach, right? It took me 20 years to build that thing, okay? And two months after I moved in, I'm floating in the pool at night and I'm looking up at this testament to my ego, which is really what it was. It was to prove the world I was good enough. It's embarrassing to admit that. But it, again, I worked for this for 20 years. I'm floating in the pool at night. The pool's changing colors. It's got fiber optic lighting. I'll give you an idea of this house. Giant waterfall from the second floor balcony into the pool. You had to walk through the waterfall to get to the pool. The pool was in magazines. I had a big spiral staircase up through the middle, wine cellar, elevator. On the second floor, I had aquariums around the spiral staircase. It cost me almost 200 grand. So this gives you an idea of the house. So I'm looking up at this thing and I got depressed. And I don't mean a little depressed. I mean, I got really depressed. I'm like, what the hell? I've just achieved success like times 10,000. I've got the Maserati and the Benzes in the garage. I've got the beautiful wife and the kids and the incredible house. And, and this is what I want to share about, about goals, guys. There were several things happening. First is you never achieve a big goal without having other goals lined up behind it. Because like the good book says, without a vision, the people perish. You need a vision for the future. That's number one. I didn't know what I was going to do next. Second thing is it's never about the goals. Happiness comes from progress and growth. So you got to celebrate your progress on your journey, even the little stuff consciously. So you're happy when you have the delays and the setbacks. But the biggest thing was I'd been totally focused on Rod, 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 show the world I'm good enough, show the world I matter. So that's the year I went and saw Tony Robbins to try to get my shit back together because I was so depressed. And of course I did, but I found out that he fed families for the holidays and I'm like, what a concept, do something for someone else. And I'm embarrassed to say I had to be 40 to get that memo. This is 22 years ago. And so I went back, I called my brother. I said, let's feed five families because I was going to thank to Denver for Thanksgiving. So he called his church, found five families that really needed help. Third family changed my life. We bought toys for the kids and frozen turkeys and big boxes of food. And I go up to this piece of crap, one bedroom row house. Woman was in there with five kids. She comes out. She sees the food, starts crying. I, I, two of her older kids start crying. I start crying and I'm, I'm hooked. And I'm blessed to say, and this is not, I'm, there's a message in this. So that's why I'm bringing this up. I'm blessed to say in the last 22 years, we fed 120 to 130,000 kids here in Sarasota, Bradenton. We just literally, day before yesterday, gave out 1,800. We've done tens of thousands of backpacks, both school supplies. We did 1,800 backpacks Saturday, this last two days ago. Um, and we've done tens of thousands of teddy bears filled, you know, to give to officers to keep in their vehicles, the local police departments. So if they encounter a child, they've been, you know, they can comfort the child. Now, why do I bring this up? Because you know, I know, I know if you're watching Billy, you got blood dripping from your teeth. You want this so freaking bad. You want success. I'm here to tell you, if you don't incorporate giving back, you're making a big mistake because Tony Robbins calls it the science of achievement versus the art of fulfillment. See, I'd achieved, but I was unfulfilled. And so, and, and, um, you know, here we've been taught to believe we have to succeed to be happy. Like we have to achieve to be happy. Okay. I'm going to tell you, if you give back in any fashion, you're happily achieving. And I know that's a play on words, but it's important. So find, and, and the reason he calls it the science of achievement versus art of fulfillment. Achievement's a science. You want to learn multifamily? Come see me. You want to learn flipping? You're in the right place with Billy here. You know, it's a science. We'll give you the blueprint. You just got to go do it, okay? But but fulfillment's an art. You got to figure out what juices you. For me, it's kids. Maybe for you, it's the elderly, the environment, animals, whatever it is. Give back right now. Even if you say, don't say I'll do it when I have money. Do it right now. Why? Because the money will come faster. So I just I just wanted to share that message real quick before we cut loose here, brother.
I love it, Rod. You are honestly, where, where can people find you online? If they want to yeah. So you? if, if you want to come to my boot camp, it's 97 freaking dollars. If you want to learn the business for God's sakes, just get your butt there. Text my name, Rod to seven, two, three, four, five, or you can go to multifamilyvirtualbootcamp.com. If you want me to guide you through that goal setting session, go to rodslinks.com, rods, plural, links, plural.com. And that's my link tree. It's got all my stuff on it. Tons of free resources, my free book, tons of stuff and the goal setting workshops at the bottom. And I guide you through it. It's about an hour and 20 minutes. Do it with your spouse, do it with your kids. If they're over 10 years old, trust me, you want to get them thinking about what they want. It's very, very powerful. It's free, and I'm not going to try to sell you anything. Uh, it's just it's just a gift. So, Rod, you're a giver. You have a ton of energy. Really appreciate you coming on the show today, my man. Thanks, Thank brother. So Thanks, brother. Thank you, bro.